Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa and spa life, the SPA, is for seek power always. It's for that power that you have within you to do your bigger work in the world. I am so thrilled to introduce our special guest today, Carrie McGinn, who is the founder and owner of the Halcyon Float Rest Studios in Philadelphia. As a transformational float guide, Carrie focuses on facilitating healing and personal growth with her clients. Carrie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Diane. I'm so excited to be a part of the Spa Life program. I can't wait. (laughs) Ah, this is so fun. I mean, your journey is so inspirational. You and I have shared the Witness the Proof stage. You were the Mm -hmm. first one to be on that stage. And I can't wait to us to dive in and talk a little bit about that experience for you. But one of the things I want to start with is that you have a flotation business and you use that as a platform for transformation. And I think one of the best ways to start with that is in the name itself. And I just love the distinction you talked about between the firebird and the waterbird. So I'd love for you to share about that. Sure. So I chose the word halcyon as the best fit for my business because it's got so many meetings to me. Just a basic meaning of the word in the English language is calm, serene. But in Greek mythology, few people know that where you have the phoenix, the bird that's reborn from fire, you have the halcyon is a bird that's reborn from water. And I feel like that just made total sense in line with what flotation therapy is. And to kind of bring it all together, my very first job that I had when I was 14 years old was working for a Greek family. So it has such a huge representation as far as work ethic and family unit. Those lessons that I learned while I was working at 14 years old, I was able to bring that with the word halcyon, my own business. So yeah, so that's why I chose that word. And it's a beautiful word too, just to look at it. I, I know it sounds strange, but I look at the word and I feel calm and relaxed. Yeah, I, I love the word now that I know the meaning of it and the energy that comes you know, behind it. I'm actually fairly new to using uh, float therapy and it's such a great like relaxing process. How did you not only come across that as a means of of healing and therapy, but to start it as a business? Well, I started it as a business just because there was no place for me to float. I found myself in a float tank simply because I couldn't sleep. I tried everything, all kinds of holistic therapies that either I didn't have the time or patience for. I'm a pretty high strung person by nature. And then I would, I was on Ambien, I mean, I was married to a doctor, so I had access to medications that could help me sleep, but they just weren't helping. And uh, I was so stressed out at work. I was basically working 24-7 as an operations manager for a franchise in Philadelphia, and I just was a giant ball of nerves. So out of complete and total desperation, I found myself naked in a dark float tank at the advice of a friend who was actually, uh, she was going to school for to be a doctor of Chinese medicine. So I did have a level of trust in her opinion. And even though it was at the time, basically I never would have found myself in that situation and been comfortable if I wasn't so desperate. And the day of my float, I had 
the best sleep of my life. I felt completely rejuvenated as a human being the next day. Like I felt like a new person or maybe the old me. It had been so long at that point that I didn't even know who I was really. (laughs) And I felt like a human being. So I did it a few times after as needed as I could get an appointment. There's actually no float center in Philly at the time. So I was floating in basically a warehouse. There is a gentleman who was building the tanks since the 70s, and he still did uh, build the tanks for private residents and I guess commercial elsewhere. And I floated in his showroom, which was in a, like a garage. So it wasn't the most relaxing spa-like experience. And it was a little hard to get in there just because he was constantly on the go and it was impossible to get him on the phone. So I was like, the only way I can actually have access to the tank is to own one. And it's not feasible to have one in my living room. So let me put one where, you know, and where I have access to it in my city where I know other people could benefit from it too. And that's how and why I started a float center. Right. I love this. Now, you know, my experience is like you talked about being naked and alone, you know, the, the sound and sight deprivation, you know, it's a very individual experience that people have. How is it that, you know, you consider yourself a transformational float guide? What does that entail? What do you do for people in that to support their journey in using float as therapy? So first of all, most of the people that show up at our door still to this day, even five years after being open, have never floated before and really very much are, were in the same position or are in the same position that I was in being completely clueless about the therapy, only hearing bits and pieces about what it can do. So first thing that we do is we introduce the space to the client. Um, we introduce the benefits, answer all the questions possible, but really try to discover why they're trying to float, what they're there for. And it's then where we can kind of address their individual needs kind of give them a program as far as floating. We try to give as best access to the tanks as we can with uh, membership programs that we have. And we basically guide them to what the float therapy is, which is kind of like a, for lack of a better word, it's a blank slate. Every individual is going to get something different out of a float because what we provided the tool, but each individual brings their own brain, their own body into it. And generally what happens in the tank is what you need to happen. So we create the environment, we create the comfort level, and we have the expertise to help people understand the experience the best way they possibly can. Right. So there's, a little, there's always a little bit of a question mark as to how someone's going to receive the benefits from the float, but we try to open their mind to receive the most benefits and guide them through the experience. Right. I love that additional sport that you have because you're right. People could come there for just a variety of different reasons and, and who knows you know, what's going to show up for them. And, and I love how you refer to this as a transformational journey because not only is that a great metaphor for your business, but also for yourself and the journey that, that you've been on. And you know, here at Spa Life, we, we talk about standing in your power and there's so many different circumstances where we give our power away or we stand firmly in it. Can you share some of your experience of when you have felt uh, disempowered? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I was married to a doctor. And as awesome as a, as a guy he was, he was such a great, great human. After he finished and after he, he finished residency and actually went into the field, it turned out that things, uh, we were drifting away. 
it was then that I realized that I had buried so much of myself to accommodate him and to help him pursue his dream that I had completely, I was depressed. I had lost myself. When we talk about feeling powerless, I was beyond powerless. I was completely empty. And uh, at one point I just did want to give up. So (laughs) being in that marriage, I felt completely lost. And I eventually had to either make the decision I was either going to continue to just live for other people or I was going to start to make changes to push myself forward, to not let myself go, to not let myself give up. Yeah, (laughs) that's the abbreviated version. (laughs) Right, right. Well, this is so important because, you know, our listeners are all at very different stages. And some of the times when people see both of us as, as leaders and as support for other people and they see you know, a version of our success, but they don't necessarily see the journey. And so if they are not quite there yet, or, you know, and we're all, you know, of course I look at, we're always in midstream, right? We're always going to the next level of, of who we're here to be, but to know that some of those stumbling blocks that we all have is just so beneficial for people to hear that journey. And I know you talk about in your talk, and we'll be talking a little bit about, you know, witness the proof, Uh, you and I have very similar things to our story about like the facade. I talk about, because I worked undercover uh, in law enforcement, I talk about the layers, right? The layers of being who you aren't and a lot of the self-doubt and the things of, you know, who am I and and all those things that come up with that. So uh, you want to talk a little bit about the facade and some of the self-doubt and how you started kind of shifting out of that and how you started, you know, stepping into being more empowered in your life. Yeah. So it's interesting that you talk about the facade and the layers because I have my own terminology that I like to use. And I, I talk about life being more of an excavation. And when we're young, we are fresh, right? We're completely untainted by the world, but slowly but surely we uh, start to be conditioned and taught certain things, what's right and what's wrong, how you should act, how you should speak, how you should love. What we don't realize is that by the time we're older, by the time, I mean, I was 32 when I was considering the divorce. By that time, I didn't even know who I was in the mirror as a result of all these layers. When I say excavation, layers of dirt and crap that just like gets hurled on us as we, we get older. And at that point, I made the decision. I don't want to be buried. I don't want to be under this anymore. So I did give, I literally gave up everything I had. I gave up my house. I gave up my lush life my worry-free life. And I started fresh for myself because I felt more empowered in doing that and getting to the root of who I was, of feeling exposed in that moment, but actually being real than I ever felt having like what I thought was a sturdy, sturdy ground to stand on, which was like the house, the picket fence, the perfect husband. All of that were just layers that I was fed, but they weren't in alignment with what my heart was who I was deep down inside. So believe it or not, when I gave up everything, when I completely stripped, stripped down to the basics under all the layers, that's when I felt the most empowered. And honestly, I think it does stem back to um, being honest, being honest with yourself and being honest with other people. I spent a lot of time accommodating people and pushing back what I wanted to. I, I had no idea what I wanted was. Um, but now, even in the moments when I'm like hesitant, like, 
don't say that, you know, don't, don't let them know that. Those are the moments that I'm like, actually say it louder, actually be who you are. It's okay. If people disagree, it's okay. If maybe someone gets uncomfortable, maybe you learn a lesson, but always speak your truth. And that's huge. I think being honest with yourself and others is huge and stepping into your power and releasing yourself of all the dirt, all the layers that you get through your life. Right. That's so beautiful. I mean, it's so important. And sometimes we don't even realize that we've gotten there, right? You're living life and you're moving day to day and you can just wake up one day and go, whose life is this? And who am I? And who am I doing this for? And you know, are we trying to please other people? And, and what does that look like? And it can be uncomfortable. And, and you know, it's coming from that place of being courageous, right? Of just mm-hmm. stepping into something and really, really speaking your truth. So I love that. And, you know, there's other ways I know that you have consciously created your life. You know, we talk about how you design your life versus living by default, you know, where you just let things happen. What are some of the other ways that you are, are designing your life and, and really taking what you need into consideration? Well, one thing I learned is that I need to, when I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm such a, it's my nature to be so high strung and just go, go, go. I make sure I stop. I don't push myself. I, I, when I see overwhelm coming down the pike, when I feel anxiety take hold, I give myself a moment and it doesn't matter what is going on. The world is not going to stop spinning if I take the break that I need. And as simple as it sounds, I wasn't doing it before. I was thinking that I was holding the weight of the world on my shoulders for so long and it was crushing me. It's bad for you mentally. It's bad for you physically. It's bad for you spiritually. So controlling your healing space and making sure you have time to regroup is absolutely completely important for everyone. And that's definitely how I live with intention. It helps me with decision-making. It helps me with relationships and it just, it really helps me stay in tune with who I am and stay in alignment. So that's one thing that I definitely do is make sure that I take my, when I am starting to feel crushed, I take the time to regroup and regenerate myself. Right. Um, That's super, super important. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent on that. You know, it's like, sometimes we get to a point where we don't ask for help or it's like, I was just having a conversation with uh, some of my friends where there was like this feeling if you weren't, you know, quote, doing anything that, you know, you were being lazy or you weren't moving your business forward or like this constant kind of push that can happen as an entrepreneur where we feel like we're open all the time, that we don't have like set hours and have some boundaries around those things. But we have to remember one of my favorite things from the book, uh, Essentialism, is that you are the asset. Like you have to take care of yourself because if something happens to you, what's going to happen to your business? How are you going to be able to service people and do all of those things? And one of the things in spa life, you know, the A is to always take care of yourself first Mm -hmm. and yourself there. And some people think, well, is that being selfish? Well, it's actually being selfless that you have to take care of yourself or nothing else can actually happen. You actually can't serve and and help other people if you don't do that first. And I love that you have, uh, you're part of a group that actually addresses like anxiety and overwhelm that you've really presidents, you know, it in your life to what it is that you need. Tell me a little bit about how you found that group and, and how it supports you. Yeah. So I attend meetings with a group called Still Standing Together. And it was created by my friend, Daniela Galdi, who is an absolute dream of a person. And she created the group so she could, basically she struggled with anxiety herself. 
she had a business, she had a Pilates studio. There was a lot of stress that came along with that. She's a television personality. So there's a lot of different, she was getting it from all directions and she didn't have a resource or she felt she didn't have a resource. So she did what we do. And in her time of struggle, she created one and ended up being a huge resource. I actually started with the group only in January. I've been attending all the meetings. It's usually monthly. I had the pleasure of speaking and being a group leader at one specifically about holistic ways to get ahead of anxiety. But it's about 15 of us women, mostly entrepreneurs, and we are there to help each other. We, we get very raw about our experiences. It's one of those things where you can share as deeply as you want to. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable, but it's very much about telling the truth and being there to stand together um, to hold each other up. And it's probably been one of the best blessings. My, just having that group of women, that support group there to, we have like an ongoing thread on social media. If one of us has a question about anything, be it business, be it mental health, we have that access to each other to help each other. And it just feels so good. I feel like a stronger human being knowing I have a network of other women who are just as open as I am, who are just ready, just as ready to help and just as need of support as I am it's a game changer. I highly recommend if you can find any kind of resource, a woman's group, absolutely take advantage. It's changed my life so much. It's so great to hear that you're, you're finding this support with other women and, and standing in your power together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is such an important conversation uh, you know, to me personally, but also to other women, because a lot of us have had experience growing up where we felt very competitive with other women. And, you know, especially if we worked in professions where there was like very male dominated, it actually sometimes felt safer working with the men than it actually did with the women, which really kind of throws people off. But, you know, it's just this interesting dynamic of if there's few spots for things and do you support someone or is there cutthroat tactics happening? So I really love that, you know, for yourself and myself and and a lot of women today are now really striving for more collaboration with women versus that competition and that cutting down of them because we really are here to just lift everyone up because not only do we have a better impact, we just feel better about our business and we mm-hmm. just, we're here to help other people, right? And if we're doing this for our clients, we need to do it with our peers and our colleagues as well. So it's really important to uh, just consciously stand in, in that place and have that rawness, have that conversation of, hey, it hasn't always been that easy or there's been some things where we have to overcome that or we have to really look at it from a different perspective. So I think that it's great that you're, you're taking a step in that direction and that you're doing and asking for the things that you need. Um, one of the things that you had mentioned too about uh, enjoying your own company and getting out in the sunshine and that you had a very fun uh, past sport that you involved in with skating. I'd love you to share a little bit about that because I think stuff like that's so fun. Yeah. So I used to be a roller derby girl. <laughs> I had a brief stint. I actually, uh, I did it for about two years when I finally did compete. Cause I, I am actually not a very competitive person. When I finally did compete, I actually injured myself in my very first game, <laughs> but I did score points. So it was, it's a good, it was a good thing, but I absolutely love, and I highly recommend roller skating on the quads, old school, there is nothing more fun. And whenever I get the chance, if I have enough time, I'll put my roller skates on and I'll go down to the playground and 
as a 37-year-old woman, I'm perfectly fine with my high socks rolling around in the hockey court by myself listening to music. I don't need to be hitting anybody <laughs> or getting hit. Those days are over. But yeah, if, I don't, have you ever seen a roller derby game before? You know what? Only like on TV. I just, I know it's uh, kind of like hockey where it's pretty, you know, hands-on and you know, I'm actually all for, you know, the competitive spirit, you know, in yes. sports. I think it's really great. There's so many lessons to be learned on a court to have. I think there's a difference between competitive in sports and supporting each other in the journey of mm-hmm. being your best self and excelling and, and that and the feeling of winning and all those type of things. We're looking at the distinctions between being competitive in in the workplace where there's there's times where you're competing for a space, but then there's ways where you can do it in a, a much more inclusive way, yeah. right? And so making some of those distinctions. But uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. When I was on the police department, I used to rollerblade and it was a way that I would release anxiety and things that I saw during the day and all of that. And I, I love it. And uh, I used to listen to hip hop when I would be like skating around like a lake and it was just like the faster I could go, the better. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's so fun to have something where you can be competitive, you know, with yourself as well. And then you kind of have this in your background going, as long as I, as long as I can outskate this one person, yeah, <laughs> then I'm good. You know? Well, I was, so it was hard for me because I don't, I don't have a, a sports competitive nature. I don't know. It just wasn't really ingrained in me. I do appreciate it though. Like I'll, I'll watch sports. So it was really hard for me to hit people. Yeah. Like I, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And if you're, it's hit or be hit, which was a lesson I essentially learned. But yeah, I love, I'm fast. I'm fast on my skates. So I love that. And it's kind of funny, but to feel the wind, like blowing through your hair on your skates, it's a really great feeling. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's a great environment. You know, I talk a lot about environments in my work, about creating the environment that supports you to do whatever it is that you want to do. And so one of the environments I love to uh, ask my guests about is, you know, we have a different experience in our living room versus our bedroom versus our kitchen. What is your favorite room in your home and why? My favorite room in my home is most definitely my bedroom. I enjoy my cup of coffee in the morning. Like I take my time. It's, it's the space I go to relax and recover. I don't ever feel the need to do anything specific in there. Like when I'm in the kitchen, I'll feel the need, like I have to cook or I have to clean. You know, in the living room, I'm covered in cats. <laughs> I have to deal with the, my cat family. We're like the TV's on, there's distractions. In the bedroom, I can pick up a book if I want. It's like, it's my leisure time. It's my peaceful space. So that's my absolute favorite place. And I, you know, it's funny. I never, I've never thought of that. Like, I love that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that you've distinguished that, you know, because a lot of times until we present it, people don't really look at how they're spending their time in the different rooms and how they designate those. So it's one of the things I I love about that. And I love people's different reasons on, on why a certain room is that for them and what that looks like. So I think that's so fun. Now, I know that uh, a lot of people are going to want to follow you and stay in contact with you and maybe to say a little bit more about your proof talk about why you chose that aspect to share about yourself and, you know, give the link for it as well because people can get all your information on there. And so just share a little bit more about Witness the Proof. So I decided to do Witness the Proof just because it's the next step in speaking my truth and stepping into my power. Absolutely. 
And my proof talk, when you get about three minutes to kind of put it all out there, what is the meaning of your life? And my proof talk spoke to the excavation, the realization that I was buried under layers of conditioning and living the life that either society told me I had to live growing up as a poor kid whose parents, you know, my family was completely dysfunctional from that position to wanting to, tr- to achieve the highest possible tier of life, being very well to do the wife of a doctor with the white picket fence, the pool in the backyard and more rooms in my house that I, than I needed. And all those things had nothing to do with this person. So the proof talk speaks to that. It speaks to making sure you understand that you are so much more than what you've been conditioned to believe. And you deserve to dream and you deserve to achieve wholeness that way. So I would really urge you to go check out my proof talk. I'd love to hear any feedback you have, or if you've had similar experiences to me, I absolutely love that. Uh, You can see the talk at witnesstheproof.com slash Carrie McGinn. It's K-E-R-I-M-C-G-I-N-N. Perfect. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well, but you guys are definitely going to want to check it out. She did a beautiful job. There's also an interview that comes afterwards. So you get a little bit more insight into who she is. So you definitely want to to do that and check it out. So Carrie, thank you so much for your time and sharing your journey and your wisdom here with us. Diane, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, My pleasure, definitely. And to our audience, your time here is so precious and we so appreciate you taking the time to be here with us. You know, this is a community together. Please share this, you know, get it out, you know, subscribe it. And, you know, when you watch the episode, one of the things that really gets it visible and out is to actually rate and review. We want your feedback. We want to know, like, what was your experience here? What did you learn? What is your takeaway? That's how we really, you know, lift up our consciousness. This is how we get the messages out in the world. So we really appreciate you doing that. I also have in the show notes uh, my quiz. So it'll be liferesetquiz.com. That'll give you a pulse on what's working and not working in your life. That takes like two minutes. It's always important to have that awareness so you can make that next move uh, that you need to make in in your world. So I just want to thank you so much for joining Carrie and I here. And until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. See ya. Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman, wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.